This is Paul. And this is Wayne. So guys, who would have thought when we were when when we were little funny book fans, uh, that there would actually be some uh, Oscar wins for some of our favorite superheroes when and, and they're not even, you know, special effects awards. They're like real live awards. Who would have thought? I would have never thought they'd even get nominated. We have come a long way. Uh-huh. It's it's like our, it's like our rite of passage. But let me tell you, I was I was thrilled with all the wins for Black Panther and Into the Spider Verse that we saw last week on the Oscars. But let me say, at no point did anybody up there in their acceptance speech thank Stan and Jack for creating the property. Um, you'd have thought that somebody, you know, Into the Spider-Verse wins Best Animated Feature, which I, I thought was a pretty huge win. Yeah. Nobody, thank, nobody thanked Brian Michael Bendis for creating uh, Miles Morales. Um, I think that that's a huge miss. Now, I, I did see that uh, Fagey, you know, uh, was out there doing press and, and you know, he thanked uh, Stan and Jack uh, for, for Black Panther. But, you know, it just when when you're one of those celebrities up there, you know, uh, uh scratching for who you're thanking. I think maybe the guys who created the property that you won for might be somebody you want to thank. Especially when one of them died last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just stunned by that. I mean, I I was, I had, I had forgotten that Stan was a member of the Academy. So when he showed up in the in memoriam, I was touched by that. Um, That's by the way, that's my wife, my wife's favorite part of the Oscars is seeing who all died last year. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little morbid. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, when, when they do the in memoriam, she's ready to go to bed. Okay. We can turn this off. She doesn't care about best picture, best director. (laughs) She just wants to see who all died last year. Yeah. I didn't get very far into the Oscars on, I, I, you know, I saw just a a little bit at the beginning and then I was like, yeah, I don't care. I still don't care. You know, I, I appreciate that our, uh, our, our comic book movies were recognized for, for real awards mm-hmm. um, this time. I mean, I think Black Panther was actually nominated for Best Picture. It was. Is, you know, fantastic. It, and uh, apparently was strongly in the running based on other awards that it had won prior to the Oscars. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I, this, I, I, I was interested in the Oscars because I had seen a number of the films that were nominated this year. That's not always the case. Um, I thought that the absence of a host uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, they didn't need a host. It was great. I really felt the absence of a host. It felt it felt like just random stuff was happening. There was nothing tying it all together. I need a host is what I'm saying. And so I'm, well, I'm going to recommend that, uh, you know, the, the 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 hosts of Funny Books with Aaron and Polly, uh, you know, host the Oscars next year. It could be the Oscars with Aaron and Polly. I do it. That's I, what I that's what yeah. I think we should. That's what we must should do. Do I have to dress up? I don't think I have to dress up. You can wear whatever no. you want. You wear what you wear to, to record in. So you know, I'm going to have my bathrobe. <laughs> Here's a mental <laughs> image for you. Hey, just think about it. I'd be reading the nominees. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's yeah. this guy? <laughs> well, you know, and, and a lot of. <gasps> I don't I, I don't know, you know, is this pop culture? What is this? I don't understand. You know, and you know, just think we might have Tim there, you know, because I think Tim might show up for that, you know, uh, but we, you could have Tim there and he, he's he doesn't understand most of the pop culture references. Fair. So, uh, you know, that would be great. He that would just read great. off the cards early in the show. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The 92nd Oscar uh, Academy Awards. With Aaron and Polly, I'm, I'm, and Tim I'm and me. Give us a call. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's okay, do the it. Academy, call us. And you know, we don't. None of us have anything embarrassing in our backgrounds, right? I, I was about to say, just don't look at our past Twitter feeds. 
I mean, you can. <laughs> my, my Twitter feed's private, by the way. <laughs> <sighs> I like it. Let's do it. I like it. Well, and, and as my first act as the host of the 92nd Academy Awards, I want to take a moment to let you guys know the exciting news. Are you, are you, are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Yep. That those 100-page DC exclusive, Walmart exclusive things are no longer Walmart exclusive things. I saw that. I saw, saw, saw a post from Mr. Dan DiDio himself. That makes me I happy as shit. <laughs> I've actually gone and looked for them, but only that one uh, Superman one that had all the controversy. Yeah, and, and good luck. Yeah, it was all sold out. I, but I kind of glanced through the others, and there's like one new story in each, and the rest are all reprints. Yeah. So it's like, eh, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm excited about it because I, you know, there's there is an ongoing Batman story that is happening um, in the Batman one written by Brian Michael Bendis. And I believe the artist is to Mitch Jarrett's uh, crap. I don't remember, but um, it, it, he is paired with a, a superstar artist on that book. And then on the other one, you've got suit. Uh, uh, Tom King uh, doing uh, a Superman story with Adam Kubert. So, oh, and it's uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Nick Darrington, uh, the cover artist for Mister Miracle. So, you know, some some pretty big, pretty big time talent, but really damn hard to find those books. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about you, that. You can find the Teen Titans one pretty easy, and I think the Wonder Woman one. Just can't really find the Superman, Batman, or Flash ones. They seem to go pretty quick. You can pretty easily find that Christmas one nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm, I'm excited that I'll be able to get my hands on these stories. They haven't announced if they're going to be available digitally, but I'm hoping they will be. Yeah, digitally would be nice. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm still not going to purchase them if I have to go to the comic store. Like, but at least it'll be easier to get. I was in a real life comic book store this week. A what? what? It's, it's crazy town, right? I was uh, I was burning some time between meetings and I was I was down in Austin. So I wandered into Austin Books, which is the best comic book shop uh, in in uh, south of uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, it is it is just a wonderful comic shop. And that uh, was, was there on New Comic Book Day. In fact, it was nice. It was nice. Looked looked around at all kinds of stuff. Did, didn't buy anything. Uh, I, I bought an action figure. I bought a Green Lantern Nort action figure nice he, he is exquisite i love him <laughs> well and, and aaron has some news about the uh, the star trek captain kirk figure that we're going to talk about on our sister pot sister brother i don't know other podcast <laughs> hey uh, we don't need to assign any pronouns correct you know, we don't need to put our gender labels on that podcast paul that on our podcast is what that podcast is on our partner podcast star trek <laughs> with aaron and polly <laughs> So we'll, we'll talk about that there. Um, now, th those toys, and I don't know that we talked about this, those toys are produced by McFarlane Toys, um, who also recently got the rights to do DC uh, action figures based on the comic line. Uh, so kind of curious to see what they can do that hasn't already been done a thousand times before. But yeah, it should be interesting. Well, that Nort figure is just wonderful. I I highly recommend it. I'll uh, post some pictures this weekend, but uh, it uh, it's a great figure. Love it. Nice. Yeah. Well, a couple of big like movie TV news items this week. Uh, starting with the fact that Aquaman two has been greenlit uh, and is, will be going into production to be released in twenty twenty two. Wow. Yeah. That seems so long. That, that doesn't seem like striking while the iron's hot. Yeah. But you know, aren't they doing a a trench feature? 
picture. Didn't I read that that they're going to do a a film based on the trench? Yes, but I don't know if that will be before or after. I'm I'm hopeful that you know right now I don't think DC has any. Thing announced past that well i guess wonder woman's next year but i mean i think they need to start filling up that dance card um yeah yeah because 2022 is a long time away i don't know why it needs to take three years to put that film yeah. together when shazam comes out this spring right yes yep yeah when it comes to dc movies i until they start shooting i don't believe they're gonna happen yeah because they've had a lot of things that they put on the on the docket that never actually start. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That, that flash movie will happen any minute. <laughs> I don't know why you need a flash movie. Yeah, I agree. Well, apparently you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I feel like you're getting your flash. It scratched on the CW. Well, it seems, it seems a little strange to, to do that. Well, it's funny you mentioned the CW because there's a couple of like DC movie and T- or D- DC TV related items. One is that, you know, related to the CW, the rumor is that Supergirl is on her way out the door. Um, that the uh, the television didn't I see that she got re- renewed? I thought she yeah, got renewed after after ne- after this coming renewal. Um, okay. there, you know, that the, the this, this this coming season, um, the Crisis on Infinite Earths big crossover event that's being planned is actually going to be making a number of changes. Um, You know, this coming season may be the last for Supergirl and perhaps even Arrow. Um, The rumor is that we may see a Superman television show. Um, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like their Superman. Uh, I would love to see Arrow end because it needs to. It needed to a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, Arrow seems like it has uh, gone past its sell-by date. Yeah, agreed. Well, and um, they also announced, unrelated to the CW, but related to DC TV, uh, that Superboy has been cast. Uh, Connor Kent has been cast. You know, for that... You sent me that earlier in the week, and and I I squeed. <laughs> I'm just you know I really need them. I, I know Wayne's on the same page with me. I need them to fix their their uh, distribution, yeah, so that I can I can access it a little easier. Because uh, boy, I, I I certainly am am interested in that, and I'm so interested in Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol yeah, is I've fantastic. Seen- I had no interest in that Titan show until I saw that post credit scene. And it wasn't even just Connor. It was Crypto. That's they, right. I want to see that show now because I they're going to have Crypto. Yeah. And Doom Patrol looks good. And I really want Stargirl to be good. Puppy dogs. I love that character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Stargirl. So, I mean, and Swamp Thing. And Young Justice. Yeah. They're, I mean, I, again, you know, not to, to belabor the point that we make every week, but it is it is not the easiest um, product to get at. But I do think once they can figure out the, the apps of, yeah. you know, putting it out there a little bit more readily available, that stuff will do excellent. Uh, you know what I find what I find interesting about the, the DC streaming service is that out of the gate, They've got more original content than CBS All Access has two years down the road. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm I, just out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> well, crazy. And they also recently added the old Shazam TV show. So you can watch the the, the, the Saturday morning TV show. Yes. Where, they're, where it's Shazam cruising around the country in an RV. Yep. Yep. With his grandpa. <laughs> yep. That's the one. <laughs> do they have uh, do they have ISIS on as well? Uh, I think they do, actually. Almighty ISIS, ISIS. <laughs> there, there is a surprising amount of content on there. And I know I complained about it a little, little while back that, you know, there wasn't much. And part of it was that Titans didn't launch with it. 
none of the original content launched with it. Um, but now that we've got Doom Patrol releasing weekly, Titan Season 1 was was genuinely good. Um, you know, Young Justice Outsiders is out there. So we've got three original programs. Plus you've got a shit ton of other animated films. Um, they, they recently added Batman vs. Dracula. I didn't see that. And I really like that movie. Um, but just a, a bunch of good content. And the day and date on the uh, animated movies... Oh, that makes me so happy. It really what I what I want to see them do is I'd like to see variety in content feel. So have your dark show for your older kids and your adults, and then have something light and fluffy that we wouldn't want to watch for the younger. And maybe they're going to be doing more of that with their you know the new content. Mm-hmm. But I like having that mix for the audiences. You know, I want there to be stuff on there that it just is not for me to pull in more viewers. Yeah, and I agree. And I, I you know, I'm sure we'll see more and more of that stuff coming. Uh, Wayne wants to see that whole DC After Dark, you know, with, uh, you know, Power Girl and uh, Starfire, you know, those <laughs> ki- those kinds of shows. I'm on. I'm on it. <laughs> not not the Starfire they cast for Titans that looks Satana. like a hobo. <laughs> there we go. Zaytana all fishnets all the time. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, Paul, did they ever... I mean, that's still one of my issues for the uh, just what we've seen of Titans, having not actually seen the show, mm-hmm. is Starfire looks really horrible. I will say, um, you know, her look is never comic accurate, but... Uh, it gets close, and I will say, honestly, after an episode or two, you don't care because you're more invested in the characters than in the comic accuracy of them. It doesn't need to be comic accurate. She just looks like a hobo. <laughs> There's a reason for that. She's poor. Um <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason she looks like a hobo. It's because she's a hobo. (laughs) Um, So uh, on the Marvel side of things, uh, we are recording this episode on March 2nd. And in a scant five days, um, you will be able to see Captain Marvel at your local Cineplex. Uh, Captain Marvel comes out next Thursday evening. I'm I'm actually seeing it next Friday. I may have to take off early on Friday so I can go see that. Because I'm busy on Saturday, Paul. I am oh. so excited. Well, hold on. What do you? Well, first of all, just want to put it out there: three white guys excited to see Captain Marvel and not complaining about it. So, yeah. good luck finding that on the internet. Um... <laughs> well, and we cross a demographic range, right? You know, fifty, forty, and thirty, right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, look at yeah. any Captain Marvel post that's out there and click and look at the comments. I think and, that's and lose your faith in humanity. I think that's our show title this week, Paul. Three white guys excited to see Captain Marvel. <laughs> I think you could be right. <laughs> so, so Aaron, I feel like you're hinting at yeah. something next weekend. Well, I am going to uh, the uh, NFG 2019. Is that a wrestling thing? Uh, no, it is a cigar thing. Oh. NFG stands for No Fucks Given. Oh. No Fucks Given 2019 over at the uh, Underground Cigar Lounge. And uh, it's, a, it's a big uh, local cigar festival. Oh. So I will I will be there all, all day Saturday. Well, will we be podcasting, Aaron? We will, because it doesn't start till noon. Oh, okay. Okay, because so, we got to talk about Captain Marvel. That's right. So i gotta, I got to look at my calendar and see if I can take off Friday afternoon. Yeah. So... Well, priorities, man, priorities. (laughs) Well, in a non-Marvel, non-DC news, uh, Greg Rucka's The Old Guard has actually been picked up to be, it's a movie, right, Aaron? But is it a theatrical movie? Uh, No, I believe it's going to be a Netflix. I think you're right. Yep. A Netflix film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. I really like The Old Guard. It's sort of a a Highlander sort of story uh, done right. Yeah. You know? 
know, it is instead of it, there can be only one. It's that we've got to keep our secret from the rest of humanity because, you know, they'll hunt you like witches. And it was it was a really good, tight four issue story. And I'm so glad to see they're doing it as a movie rather than a series. Yeah, I agree, because it, it it's even the ser- even the comic series um, doesn't necessarily seem like it needed to be continued like it you know no, it, yeah, you I know, was done yeah it was good yeah and I think that there's room for a sequel right but I think I think that it's 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 more in line with features than for uh, than for ongoing weekly sort of series television but you know Greg Rucka had a big week last week because he sold stump town and they've even started casting for stump for stump town and that's going to be a TV series. You know, I never really read that, so I'm not familiar with that what, property. Yeah, what is Stumptown? I don't, Stump, I don't think we've heard of it. Stumptown's about a woman private detective. And, uh, you know, I, if you've ever read any of Rucka's uh, novels, he's very much a procedural sort of sort of guy. He's someone who is very exact in the detail of investigation and military and tactics. And uh, I think it'll be a really interesting watch. His, uh, if you've read his his Batman books, it's very much that sort of feel. Um, I, I I love Greg Rucka's writing, and I'm super excited to see Stumptown come to the screen. Hmm, interesting. So I recommend it. Big thumbs up. And he writes he writes women characters really well. He does. Uh, he, I, you know, I've always been a fan. Like his his work on Wonder Woman, I'm I'm, I'm particularly fond of. Uh, he does good stuff. Hmm. You know. Well, you know, the, also like our Funny Books Award winner for 2018 and 2017, uh, Tom King, I, everything he touches, everything he writes turns to gold. <laughs> oh, Paul. Uh, <laughs> oh, Paul. Well, why except. Did, why did you have to say that? Because anytime you make such an absolute statement, we're going to have to now point to Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're learning the downside of gold. So <laughs> you you have this really beautiful, wonderful steak that's about to taste delicious. And then you touch it and it turns to gold and you can't eat it. <laughs> yeah. So the um, the sixth issue, I believe. Yeah. Sixth issue. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sixth issue of Heroes in Crisis came out this um, feature, you know, to, written by Tom King, has art by Mitch Jarrods and Clay Mann. Um and uh, moves the story nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much nowhere. Absolutely, absolutely nowhere. Well, you know, so when when Tears in Crisis was originally announced, it was originally announced as a seven issue series with two tie in issues, and then they revamped it and said, no, it's going to be nine issues. And what we're going to do is we're going to wrap the um, you know th- those two issues into the the content of the series. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Whenever we see like um, a fill in artist, uh, you know, like like this one. We're seeing those those other stories that were essentially side stories integrated into the content of the series, and this one just doesn't work. Um, yeah, no, for me. Yeah, and, and though I I thought the artwork was beautiful. Yeah, I, it thought, is. I thought the artwork was great. I thought the the story and our time spent here was wasted. Yeah, that panel. Well, I guess not a panel. It's a full page of Wally with like the light, the white background and the lightning around him and that is i love that image and the uh harley and uh poison ivy sitting on the floor mm-hmm. i think that is even without the word balloons 
that would be a good poster. Well, and the Harley and Ivy stuff in this issue, I actually didn't mind. Uh, it just it didn't go anywhere. It didn't, you know, the, the, for a sixth issue of a series, I feel like okay, let's 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 get this thing moving. Like I feel like well, we're still like we're I feel, it, I feel like we're only fifteen minutes beyond where we were in issue one. Well, and I feel like we're we're in the exact same moment that we were in issue five. And so when you're looking at this story, it's like, okay, well, this is all fat. You know, there's there's very little meat here, if any. You greenlit all these pages of Nart. Yeah. I nobody cares about this. Nobody. Well, and I feel like if you wanted me to care about Nart, uh, you would have done something with Nart prior to this series. You know, that we he should have been peppered in more recently. And maybe he's in a book I'm not reading, but it seems like I read an awful lot of DC books for for me to have missed an appearance of Nart. Um, it, it just it just seemed like you know let's throw in some some characters that we can kill arbitrarily, and then we're going to spend a lot of time on those yeah. guys. And, and I I just it, it was there were things about that. I mean it's like it's not that it's bad, right? It's just that it's not going anywhere. It's fundamentally unsatisfying. Um, because you're spending so much time in this moment, um, when we've we've done a lot of this navel gazing already in this series, and I just feel like it's time for us to to have a better of what the hell's going on here. And I agree. I uh, I, I think I am I'm, I'm I'm hopeful in these final three issues we'll get some revelations. We'll get some stuff that'll impact the the ongoing DC universe. Um, and and for the most part, I've liked this series. I'd say out of the six issues. There's, you know, it, it, four of them have been pretty, pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just th- this specific issue, I feel like could have been lifted and shifted entirely out of the series. And you could have taken anything, anything that did further the story, like those couple of pages where where Wally is is cradling. Um, I don't remember what character. Oh, uh, Roy. And then yeah. Blue Beetle shoots him. I feel like that's something that we could have seen elsewhere. Um, it, you know, we're not furthering the mystery of Wally. This is a Wally from a different point in time. Three days later, blah, 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 blah. You know, they set up a, a number of cliffhangers in the last issue and then just took like a big sidestep for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the other side of this one, Paul, in that for the most part, I've hated the series with a few good things peppered in. Uh, what I did want to point out, though, on the in this book, because it's uh, it may have been another DC book, but I noticed it here. Did you guys see the ad for the Super Sons novel? I did. did. Now, is it a novel or is it a like, what is it? It's a, it's I by a novelist with artwork. So is it an illustrated novel? Ah, yeah. on the bottom right in very, very small letters, a new middle grade graphic novel. Ah, yeah. It's like I, it didn't give much information. I didn't even see that until you just mentioned it. The art is interesting. It's like that's not just like I was saying before. I want to see them release things for different audiences. Yeah. And the idea of a younger ages book for, you know, using the Super Sons to try to bring people in, I think is a good idea. Well, and it, it's, it's trying to appeal to, I mean, you see the the um, the authors who have left, uh, you know, quotes are R.L. Stein and Juan Colfer. Uh, you know, th- those are uh, middle grade, you know, that's trying to appeal to that Harry Potter age set. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I have an interest. Uh, I might check it out or at least, you know, check out some preview pages. I, like you said, I, and, and, the, and then they have the, the following page after that is an advertisement for Mira Tidebreaker, which is also from that DC Inc. middle grade graphic novel. Yeah, I'm very happy to see DC doing this. I mean, I have a feeling they're not going to be for us, but 
that's what I want to see is more variety hitting different audiences. Well, I mean, you know, not everything can be made for us. For example, I feel like Flash 65 was not made for me um, this week. I feel like I'm being very negative, and that's going to continue. Spoilers. Um, yeah, Flash 65, I really disliked this issue, guys. The the price of loyalty, uh, or the, the price part four. Uh, still written by Joshua Williamson, art by uh, Sandoval, um, and uh, I, I forget, it's Rafa Sandoval. I know we, you guys, we talked about the, the third part last week, and you said you had felt like the story was getting better. I really did I really despised this issue. This really? Paul, I did. Paul, I hated this issue so much, I'm out on Flash, and I've been reading since the Flash War. Damn. Wow. I, I hated this with a passion. This was a horrible issue. I liked this book a lot more than I liked any of the other issues in this series, in this arc. Uh, you know, well, you know what did it for me? One, you know, the the Gotham Girl thing was a big fat bust because she just basically depowered herself. But yeah. What did it for and we, me? And we put and we put her in into the uh, the big bubbly tank like Luke Skywalker, and yeah. we're just going to deal with this problem later. Yep. So yep. Th- so that went nowhere. And but what did it for me? That what what really put a bad taste in my mouth is the Flash and Bruce arguing at the end, which I was fine with until the Flash is like, you know what? I'm out of here. And and Bruce goes, at least I never forgot one of my partners existed. Dick like, head move. That, I mean, yeah. wow, what an asshole you are, Bruce. I was like, that is so out of character. Yeah. For for that guy, I was just like, are you? And then, and then the Flash, like, goes to punch him in the face. And he's like, I could kill you a hundred times before you could even throw one punch. And it's like, uh, you know, like, that's not how these characters interact. That's no. not at all how these characters interact. And that just really left a bad taste. Yep. That scene, that interaction... Uh, Iris. Iris was so out of character with what we've seen of Iris in the series. I mean, and her leaving Barry, because she's been getting flashes in the, of her past memories. It didn't happen in this uh, the story arc, but she remembers the pre-Flashpoint being married to Barry. And she is just gone because she can't be around him. What I Two things that I liked about this, this book. Uh, one, the artwork is gorgeous. In fact, the scene where Barry stops his fist just, you know, inches from Batman's face is a gorgeous two-page spread. It is. It is beautifully drawn. Yeah. Um, And so I think the visual storytelling is very effective. Um, I also very much liked the obituary that Iris writes for Wally and then reveals, you know, she she says the beginning of it, I, I, I had a hard time under, you know, figuring out how to approach this obituary. And so she writes it. And then at the end of it, she goes, but I figured it out because I realized I was writing yours. And I thought that was a great note. Um, And that's why overall I enjoyed this issue. doesn't make me want to buy the flash. Um, And I'm still frustrated by this story in general. I did like the peek at in the near future where uh, Batman and Superman are having a conversation about the next big mystery. And, you know, Batman's not so sure they can trust the Flash. Yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess, they're, you know, they're setting up this year of the villain. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago on this show, that that's the big uh, 99 cent book that DC's, or maybe it's a quarter book that DC's putting out. Um, you know, the, the week of free comic book day, they're putting out this free year of the villain book. Yeah. Like they did the DC Direct or whatever, or, you know, last year. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. You know, that there, there may be, I, I know this is a lot of stuff that's being set up in the pages of um, Justice League right now with the 
the Doom Patrol, or not the Doom Patrol, the League of Do- Legion of Doom, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I overall, I did. Uh, despite the art being beautiful, I just did not care for the book. Uh, no, now, I I'm get not it. out on. I, I'm I'm not picking up Flash to begin with, but I'm not out on Batman. What's going to put me out on Batman is us continuing down this thread of of him being in his mind for another five fucking issues. Yeah, and there, I, there's a part of me that wants to wait until that storyline's done to come back into Batman, but I just there's part of me that also doesn't want to miss something cool because <laughs> I feel like Tom King's going to throw something cool in there at any moment, I, despite yeah. the fact the last three issues have been cool free. So Aaron, spoiler warnings on, don't be mad oh, at me. Oh dear. You're going to hate you. Some detective comics, number nine ninety nine. Just putting that out there. <laughs> I have not read it yet. It is, it is in my, uh, my, my virtual pile. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. I'm only spoiling like the first couple pages, but whew, you're going to hate it. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the last book we wanted to talk about is hopping over to the Marvel side of the fence with Fantastic Four, uh, issue number seven, legacy issue number 652, continuing Herald of Doom. Oh, no, wait. I guess it's called Four Man Invasion. I thought this was like Herald of Doom part something. I don't know. Who I the think, hell knows? Yeah, I, I think Four Man Invasion is the, uh, is the uh, title of this issue, not necessarily necessarily the arc yeah gotcha so, so uh yeah dan slot aaron cooter um you know do do the chores on this issue and i'm not going to start this time uh, uh, let's see uh wayne what'd you think of this you know i'm really enjoying this fantastic four run after the first arc was over uh, i have some issues with doom here and my problem i think is i'm missing something storyline wise it I was really enjoying good Doom. You know, Doom is Iron Man, Doom going with uh, Ben and Johnny, and I don't know what turned him back into this scheming, you know, the evil Doom again. I don't I don't get it. I don't know where that happened, uh, where it went back to status quo. But I like Doom planning everything out the way he does, and that uh, he tells the world that no one can... You know, no one come interfere with this fight, but all along he plans for the Fantastic Four to show up and they're part of his plans. I like that aspect of Doom and I'm a big Galactus fan, so I'm really enjoying this storyline, but I don't know what happened to Doom. Yeah, I uh, first off, let me say that uh, I'm not the biggest Aaron Cooter fan, uh, but I thought the artwork in this book was gorgeous. And I think a lot of it's got to do with the fact the the exquisite uh, coloring by uh, Marta Gracia and Rochelle uh, Rosen. The the book is just gorgeous, in my opinion. Um, And I think the visual storytelling is really effective. The to go to Wayne's point about Doom, I agree. There seems to be a big disconnect between when we last saw Doom, you know, at the end of the Iron Man run uh, versus where Doom is now. In fact, where we last saw Doom when he was, you know, wandering the multiverse with Ben and Johnny. Um, You know, it seems like there's there's a big shift there. And maybe that's a story we're going to hear. But I think they should be giving us some some hints that this just isn't a a, a writing defect. Right. Um, There are some things that I found really interesting about Doom. Like, you know, if if you read, you know, classic Fantastic Four, Doom is all about his mama. Right. He, He is totally 
a mama's boy. You know, he uh, he's all about rescuing his mom. He's all about the memory of his mom. Yada, yada, yada. Mama, mama, mama. He's all about daddy in this in this issue, uh, really bringing doom into the house of ideas with all the other Marvel characters with daddy issues. Right. Uh, but his daddy issue is that, you know, his his father taught him and trained him and uh, inspired him. And, and you know, he's going to do this, you know, in, in the memory of his father. Um, you know, he didn't have the, the issue where his father was mean to him. Uh, he didn't have, but you know, he, he lost his father too soon. Right. Um, I, I really liked this book, but I, I, I do think that the, the big glaring thing for me is much like Wayne's. I don't understand the difference between, uh, you know, Dr. Doom now versus Dr. Doom 18 months ago. I'm really so I, enjoying the Alicia stuff with, uh, you know, Basically, the supporting cast with the kids, yeah. with Ben's family, all of that. Yeah, I absolutely love all of that. Well, and, and the, I think Ben I being think, married is great. And and I think Dan Slott is doing a, a you know remarkable job voicing the characters. The characters all you know all the Fantastic Four feel you know genuine. They feel like like who they're supposed to be, who we know them to be. Uh, I, I I really dug the book. I. You know, part of me wants to to tell Doctor Doom that his whole theory of capturing Galactus and using Galactus as his power source for Latvian supremacy um, is a little flawed. Um, <laughs> you know, it seems to me like he tried to do something similar when he tried to steal the uh, the power cosmic from the Silver Surfer, you know, decades ago. Um, I, I, I'm a little concerned that this uh, that this plan seems to be flawed. I, I think Galactus is going to, you know, wake up and, and stomp him. I think that's what's going to happen because, you know, that's what Galactus does. He wakes up. He stomps people. So, Paul. Yes, sir. Tell us about your thoughts on Fantastic Four. You know, I'm I'm torn on Fantastic Four number seven. I'm torn between um, appreciation for the nostalgia that this book uh, provides, or and, and between that and the feeling that the storyline is derivative of things I've seen a hundred times before in the pages of Fantastic. Four. Um, so that that's I'm you know I'm struggling a little bit with the Fantastic Four, uh, th- this arc specifically, just because. One, I didn't care for the first arc. I liked the wedding issue. And then we're, we're on this one. That just feels like, I get it. Like, it feels like a classic Fantastic Four story did. But I've read those classic Fantastic Four stories. And it just doesn't feel like I'm getting anything new here besides, um, you know, beautiful art from Aaron Cooter. But again, like, in theory... Isn't that, you know, we're getting, we're, we're, we're seeing the core of these characters, but we're missing basically a lot of the progression that has happened over the last 60 years with them as well. Um, other than, you know, Franklin and Valeria off on the sidelines, basically, if you took those five or six pages out of this issue, there's nothing in distinguishing, there's nothing distinguishing this Fantastic Four comic from one from like 1974. Yeah, um, I get that. Ben and Alicia being married is a new thing, but we're not seeing them together right now. Yeah, like immediately. We're not. Uh, so, you know, for me, it's um, I, I I'm I'm in a, I'm of two minds on it. I, I appreciate the the nostalgic feel of the storytelling, but I also uh, am frustrated at the lack of or, or at the regression of all the progress we had seen in characters such as Doom and Galactus. You know, those characters had really, you know, they mentioned that Galactus, oh, he was good for a little while. 
But I don't remember Galactus re-going back bad either. But maybe, you know, it's just not something I've read. So things like that. You know, we, we that that's that's how I feel about Fantastic Four number seven. And I don't know that I'm necessarily going to continue with the story thread unless you guys tell me it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's Paul. It's fantastic. Unless you guys it's, tell me it's, it's amazing. It's right in the title. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all the other books coming out, um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's left in my pocket. Well, you've got all that. You've got mad stacks of Paul money. Nah, nah. Mad stacks. Not with all these $5 books. Well, that's <laughs> killing me. It's killing me, yeah. Paul. So uh, next week from DC Comics, we aren't reading Green Arrow. Um, and apparently no one else is because issue 50, the final issue of Green Arrow comes out until the next newish, new um, relaunch of Green Arrow. Uh, but also from DC Comics, Justice League number 19 the sixth dimension part one um you know continuing the threads that we've been picking up in the justice league they venture into the sixth dimension written by scott snyder art by jorge jimenez um i'm actually gonna pick that one up i don't know what do you think about it aaron i don't know on the fence i'm gonna gonna have to look at some preview pages well you might save some money by not picking up the nightmare storyline continues in batman number 66 yeah, I tell you, I I, I I don't know what to do there, Paul. Well, I feel like as a completionist, I need them because I know I'm coming back, right? I mean, it's yeah. not like I'm out. Yeah, I just exactly. don't want to read the rest of this stinking arc. Well, something I did the work. God damn it, Paul. I did the work. <laughs> I read that Professor Pig story. <laughs> You know, I was hoping going digital, the completionism wouldn't be as big of a thing for us, but it still is. It still is. But you know no, what? You can complete them when they go on sale for 99 cents. That's true. That's true. I just, whew. Yeah, because I don't know that I, like you said, I feel like something cool is going to happen. But at the same time, I don't know that any plot threads are being furthered in any of the four issues that I read. Um, or that any amount of cool will redeem what's already happened in the storyline. <laughs> fair point. Well, yeah. and uh, also from DC Comics, Doomsday Clock number nine. I, you know, I, they are so slow on getting these Doomsday Clock books out. It is not even part of my consciousness yeah i mean i am so i am so not invested in doomsday clock anymore um i i I really they've really done themselves a disservice on how long it's taken to get these books out i agree it seems so irrelevant i i I hear you but i'm still looking forward to it and it's still a great book it's just the scheduling has been garbage and i know that wasn't the original intent but god damn it (laughs) yeah i mean i love gary franks and i love jeff johns but damn yeah get the shit (laughs) out Yeah. Should have been over like six months ago. Yeah. Well, and from Marvel Comics, we have uh, the newest issue of War of the Vampires um, in Avengers number 16. We didn't didn't talk about that last week, did we? No. Did you read it? Yeah. Yeah, it was, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I'm really, are, are you not? No, I am actually. It's 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 fun. Now, let me ask you this: Did you read the uh, War of the Vampires that take took place in the Captain Britain books right around the time of uh, Secret Invasion? No. Oh God, Paul, you got to read that. It is so good. I liked, and I know I'm the only one, but I did like the vampire stuff that took place in the X Men books. Um, uh-huh. I, I enjoyed that, uh, and you know, I like the original the original run of that back. You know, uh, oh yeah, Chris yeah. Claremont days. You know, yeah, that one was good. No, no, yeah. I'm talking about the one from like five years ago. No, I, 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 I'm not even aware that that exists. Yeah, even good. after you've told me, even though the, you've told me about it, I'm not aware it exists. The one where Jubilee became a vampire. Correct. I think she still is. You know, it's one of those things where I haven't ever seen her not become a vampire, but they don't ever <laughs> they don't ever deal with it. So I don't know if she is or not. Yeah, I don't know when that uh, it, it was. I don't even remember when that book came out. 
It, it's been a little while. I'm looking at, I guess it was before I even picked up stuff digitally. Oh no, there it is. Uh, 2010. So about eight years ago is when that, that arc, uh, nine years ago, arc occurred. So anyway, War of the Vampires, Matt, part three, Avengers, number 16. Math is hard, Paul. Yeah. Well, and uh, also from Marvel Comics that we'll talk about uh, on our irregularly released, much like Doomsday Clock, Conan with Aaron and Polly, Conan the Barbarian, number four, King Conan Reigns. Um, so we, and we'll also get caught up on Savage Sword. Yes, because that came so, out this week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Super exciting. Yeah. I mean, we have to create a whole new feed for Conan with Aaron and Polly. Right? It'll have a new episode every three months. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, anything else coming out next week, Paul? That'll do it. All right. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call on the Ideology of Madness hotline, 972-763-5903. That number again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Yeah, you can also hit us up on our Facebook, IOM Geek, Twitter, Ideology Madness, or Instagram, IOM Geek, and let us know your thoughts on this week's episode. And let me remind you that on that uh, Instagram feed, there is all kinds of goodness out there. Now that Paul and I are sharing responsibilities, uh, there's a lot of content on the Instagram feed every day. It's crazy town. A lot of dick pics. I mean, just non-stop <laughs> Nightwing out there. And because of our affinity for Star Trek, a lot of double Klingon penis. <laughs> you always got you always got to admire the double. Penis. The double. Uh-huh, uh-huh, but but, uh-huh. but follow it anyway, just so we have the follower count. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have a great week. Catch you later. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of IdeologyofMadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.